Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Rick Stroud here with my buddy cop Eduardo Encina as the Bucks prepare to uh, go to Atlanta to play the Falcons. You know, a couple weeks ago, this looked like a really uh, advantageous game, an opponent for the Bucks because the Atlanta Falcons started off with just one win in their first, uh, what, five or six tries. And now they have beaten New Orleans in New Orleans. They have beaten Carolina and having a lot of touchdown in two weeks. Not so sure this is when you want to see the Dirty Birds. No, this is uh, probably one of the worst times to see the Falcons because they're definitely on a roll. And uh, like you said, they, they start off their year slow, um, looked like they were heading towards the basement in the, in the NFC South. And, uh, but the past couple of weeks, they've, they did some different things on defense, changed some responsibilities on the coaching staff, and uh, now they're, they're getting after the quarterback. They're causing a lot of pressure up front, and uh, like you said, having a lot of touchdown a couple games against a couple of good teams in the division. So, you know, they round out three straight against uh, division opponents with the Buccaneers, and uh, right now, you know, like you said, a couple weeks ago, we've we I've said this we said this many times. Like we broke down the schedule, this was one that we we thought, oh, you know, this is a winnable game. You know, at this point, uh, we don't know how many of those those games we can really say is as as we could check off off the bucks on the win column. But um, mm-hmm. this, I think what that does though is it presents a really you know interesting test for this team moving forward. You know, there's a few games left and you know, six games left, and uh, you know, even though. Even though Jason Pierre-Paul, we talked to him today, he said, you know, he reminded us of, of his, you know, the year that he, he, he was with the Giants and then went to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they won six straight, one out, and, and, and made it to, made the playoffs and made it to the, uh, made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, you have to get momentum. But yeah, that's, that might be a little bit of a pipe dream right now for this team. But still, you've got to uh, start moving forward and, and building some momentum uh, as, as the season winds down. And I think that uh, this is an interesting game from the standpoint of it's sort of like a lot of former Buck, you know, Bucks are there. I mean, Dark Cutter, of course, who coached Jameis Winston for four years as a coordinator, three years as head coach. He's an Atlanta backs offensive coordinator. Raheem Morris, um, you talk about their defense. The big change that Dan Quinn made, Raheem Morris, former Bucks coach, was coaching wide receivers. They moved him to defensive backs, and he's calling the plays on third down in a two-minute drill. They haven't given up a touchdown in two weeks. Now, I know Ra and I talked to him. It was funny. I asked him, I said, what, what are you doing differently? He goes, I have no idea because I wasn't over here. I don't know what they were doing. I'm, I'm, just, you know, I'm just doing what I do. And what he does is pretty basic. He tries to rush four guys. He tries to play cover two. Um, guys play fast. It's assignment football. And, and of late, anyway, their front four is really getting after the quarterback. And we've seen Jameis Winston get sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. So, at some point, their Bucks offensive line needs some help, whether it's running the football, they can't turn it over, they can't get out of games. But this is a game where Atlanta's defense has gotten after the quarterback, and that's been Jameis's problem. He's been hit a lot. He's been hit a lot, and he's turned the ball over a lot. So yeah. th- those are the two big things that you know the Buccaneers have to avoid this week, especially the turnovers. I mean, it, it's interesting because everyone, you know, when we sit up here and we talk to 
you know, Arians, Winston, the coordinators, mm-hmm. it all comes back to the same thing. It comes right. back to the turnovers. And, you know, who knows where this team would be if, you know, they just had half of their turnovers or just had, you know, but right now they're at minus 10, minus 11 in the turnover battle. You know, turnover margin, you know, when they went to London, they were actually like a plus three. So that's how yeah. bad it's been over the past five, six weeks. But, um, you know, th- that that's where it all comes from. You know, and like I said, if, if uh, you know, Jameis, who's, who actually, you know, over the course of his career and last year was actually really good up with pressure, uh, facing pressure, mm-hmm. it was a little bit different because that pressure flushed him out and he was able to kind of look downfield and make plays downfield. This time, th- within this offense, he's just kind of stuck in the pocket. Yep. You know, so he's looking, where can he step up? Where can he move around? Where can he find a hole to run? You know, uh, where can he throw the ball away? And he's gotten better at some of those things in terms of, throwing the ball away, looking for some opportunities to run and stuff like that. But still, he's still isolating the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of been, you know, the, the big problem is, you know, he, he's gotten, lack of a better term, a little jittery back there. Yeah. And uh, we saw that in the, in, the, in the the game in London to a, you know, big, big degree. And I think, you know, that that's something that, that you know, as, as much as you put the sacks on the offensive line, you know, pass protection, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, Jameis Winston has to be comfortable in that pocket no matter what. Right. He's held the ball a lot. We talked to Byron Leftwich. He says that the hits will definitely add up over the course of a season. Um, they don't want him outside the pocket and taking unnecessary hits, but if he has to get out there and throw it away, that's what you want to do. We saw him get hurt last week late in the game. And that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit, that you know, for as much as the defense, which has given up 31.3 points a game, last in the NFL, young secondary, a lot of new guys, even Devin White still getting his feet wet. There's been some veterans on this football team on the offensive side that have contributed some real turnovers. And I'm going to start with Ryan Jensen. They've had three snaps now. If you go back to Tennessee, you remember the snap off of Jameis's face mask. That gave the Titans an easy touchdown. They wind up losing that game by three. Probably one of the worst losses they've had this year. And then last week, twice in the red zone. First time, they have a second and one at the goal line. And Jameis isn't ready for the snap. Uh, he ends up fumbling it, but he recovers it. The next play, he throws a touchdown. Then they got down there again late in the game, and the ball snapped before he's ready for it or had called for it. Mike Evans doesn't get off the line of scrimmage. That winds up in an interception. So, you know, Donovan Smith has given up four sacks this year. He gave up a, a sack and a half the other day. He was also the guy that got beat when Jameis got hurt. If those guys can't play like veteran players, and I think Bruce Arians said it was inexcusable, uh, for what happened down there, they have no chance. Their best players have to play good. Yeah, and, and, and the weapons that this team has on offense, and whether, you know, weapons you think of skill position players, but yeah. you know, they've invested, as, you, as you've written, a lot into that offensive line, a lot of money, a lot of resources, and, and, and Jensen's a part of that. Um, you know, but, but also the skill position players. You know, it's, we're, asking our, we're asking ourselves too much over the course of the past six weeks is, where's their head at? Yeah. You know, and, and that, I think that's what it really kind of comes down to is, you know, and, and, and this is probably distinguishes good teams from bad teams a lot is, you know, everyone's good on the field. Everyone's They're all a skilled, talented, a skilled right? athlete. Yeah. Everyone. But but the uh, the ability to make plays that win games is, is what what's what makes the difference. And a lot of times it's just having your head in the game. And there's so many times and, you know, the, the coaching staff probably, you know, can deserve some scrutiny on this, too, because. There's been some weird timeouts called. There's been mm-hmm. delay of games and you know, a lot of you know some miscommunication things from the sideline. You know, so 
I, I think when we kind of look at this whole thing, it's all it, it all comes back to this. It's like, where is everyone's head at here? Because they seem to be, from where we see it, to be simple things and the mistakes. Like you said, you know, the, the, the bad snap happens in Tennessee. You see that. You see the, what it costs them. It costs them a turnover. You know, it allows, lose by three. It allows Tennessee to go ahead, you know, Easy when they go 14 nothing yeah. at that point. They fought back, got the lead, but just them having to fight back yeah. all the time. Yeah, You know, and, and so – but, but there's a difference between making that mistake once mm-hmm. and then it happening again twice. In the same <laughs> at, game. At, you know, at, yeah. at home, you yeah, know. And yeah. it's like, and so I, I think that's the thing. It's like, and Arians has said this again, but, and he's taken the, the, the shoulder to blame for it. But it's like, it's one thing to make a mistake once, but mm-hmm. to see it over and over again, something, something like that that's, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a college play. You know, that's a little league play. That's, yeah, I mean, little league I, is a good I, thing to say. I agree <laughs> with you. Obviously, you know, you don't, you're not dealing with the noise you know, when you're not playing as much. In, in, in little league, but like, but but it's a simplistic kind of thing to, to think about, and mm-hmm. you know, so so I guess that's kind of the troublesome part of it. Here we go into week twelve, and we're seeing this stuff happen not just once, but over and over again. Yeah, no, that's definitely got them, and um, the turnovers twenty twenty five on the year, I believe it is seven fumbles, eighteen interceptions. Um, that's you know the most in the NFL, and again minus ten uh, turnover ratio. So um, you look at sort of where they are right now as an offense. And one thing I think they, they have to do, especially on the road, is to control the crowd. And you're in a dome uh, like the Mercedes-Benz Dome is, you're going to have to run the football early and be successful. Avoid those turnovers from getting behind three scores so you don't have to throw it 51 times. But Ronald Jones and those guys have to take the pressure off of Jameis Winston to help the play action work, to get separation with those receivers and have some easier throws. Right. And, you know, we saw in the Arizona game a couple weeks ago, you know, there's more to Ronald Jones's game than just running between yeah, the tackles. For you know, sure. that he can catch the ball in the backfield. And so, if you have a weapon like that that you can trust, and you can trust him maybe a little bit in, in, in pass protection as well. You know, I mean, you know, th- there's no reason why they can't get him going and get him going early. You know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, and obviously the Cardinals, they were giving him that. They were giving him those 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 dump downs and sure. and throws and, three scores. and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, it's. It's, it's taking advantage of what defense gives you, but it's also, you know, just establishing a game, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this team too often has fallen behind, and that's the turn, going back to the turnovers. Yep. But also, you know, they, they just have not – they've struggled to establish the run. And those go in concert with each other, obviously. You know, we, we talk, we've talked to the coaching staff about this all week about, you know, when you're behind 20 nothing, right. you know, you have to abandon the run. Now, I'm not so sure you have to abandon the run to the point where you're only running the ball six times in a game. <laughs> right. I mean, like – Twice like, of those right, by the quarterback. Right. You, you can mix it up a little bit more, I would think. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but, um, you know, we, we heard this week a little bit of stuff that was a little bit kind of bizarre about Arian saying, you know, I never call a pass, you know, pass play twice in a game because you got to give the, the defense credit that they know it now. But – um, you know, and so sometimes you're gonna be a little bit over creativity here. I mean, like mm. these guys make plays. You know, Mike Evans makes plays. Chris Godwin makes plays. OJ Howard should be able to make plays. We can, we've seen Ronald Jones enough to know that he can make a play. You know, you've got playmakers on this team. It's just put them in situations. And we've heard Byron Leftwich say this over and over again. And maybe it's just not executing. But you know, play put your best players in positions where they can make plays. And it's just not happening enough. Um, but going back to the run, you know, I, I think you know going into Atlanta, that's going to be a big part of it establishing a lead where that's a three-point lead seven point sure. lead, ten point Play lead. From just get something yeah so that you're not not fighting from behind and then that alters your game plan uh immensely one part of their game plan that they've had to develop and it maybe it's slowly developing now is they can't find that third receiver right mm-hmm. um we know that that they can throw the ball to chris godwin we know that mike evans and him are, are the top tandem of receivers in the nfl 
Um, but sometimes that's not enough, and I think New Orleans proved that. They were able to cover those guys up pretty well, and that's when you need an O.J. Howard. That's when you need now emerging Scotty Miller. Uh, we've seen Brett Perryman at times, right, in Seattle, for example. Um, but that's still been a thing, and you wrote about it uh, mm-hmm. this week. It's still a thing of trying to find that third target for Jameis because he lost Adam Humphreys, and, right. and Cameron Braid hasn't been out there very much, although he caught 10 balls last week. Until they find that third guy – teams are going to really put the clamps down on, on Evans right. and on Godwin. And so, you know, you, you can look at it a couple ways, too. And, and some of this I got into my story. Some of this has added more bonus analysis for our podcast listeners because we like Absolutely. to Absolutely. We're digging but, deep. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at, at, at the numbers with Godwin and, 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 uh, and Evans, you know, these guys draw, you know, over 50%, about 60% of Jameis's total, sure. total passing yards. So sure. it's, a, it's a big chunk there, you know. And, 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 and so that leaves about a third left for all the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of guys to do it. You know, like you said, Howard, Bray. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Perriman's been, been an interesting one because, you know, they targeted him earlier in the season. He's kind of disappeared a little bit. He had a big game in, in Seattle, caught a pass. It was kind of a gimme pass. Yeah. Kind of, which is kind of he was in the right place at the right time. Scotty Miller's really interesting because he's kind of starting to develop. You know, uh, you know, this is the time of the year where you expect rookies to kind of take a next step. He's starting to do that as, as he's gotten more playing time and getting more snaps. And you can tell that Jameis Winston really likes him. Their lockers are together. They talk a lot. Um, I, I think there's kind of that chemistry. Now, Adam Humphreys had, had 70, 70 some receptions last year. That's a lot. You know, I mean, that's a lot of, of, of stuff you got to replace. And a lot of his stuff was over the middle. Yep. So it complemented Godwin. Uh, at that outside point, Deshaun receivers, Jackson, yeah. Mike Evans. So you know, when those guys are getting the attention on the outside, you had Adam Humphreys over the middle. And I think that's really the key to this is, you know, whether it's Brayton, whether it's Howard, you know, Scotty Miller's a little bit more of a down there, but you can still move him across the middle. You can still mm-hmm. cross him over. It's really establishing that middle of the field because a lot of times it's open. It's there. It's yeah. just getting the ball to those guys. And like I said, we can go back to the whole over-creativity thing too. Mm-hmm. Now, another part of this is also is, you know, when you trust in two guys so much and they're such a big part of your game plan, sometimes you can force it to them too much. Oh, yeah, you can. I think that's really a big part of this, too, is when you look at, at, at Godwin and, and Evans' uh, you know, catch percentages, in, in comparison to guys who have as many yards as they do, they're really not as, not very, not very as big as in comparison. You know? yeah. I think Mike Evans has like a 60-some catch percentage. You know? mm-hmm. uh, Godwin's ranks like, like yeah. 70-some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talk about, you know, Michael Thomas in New Orleans, he's like 80%. You know, you go to him, you know he's going to get the pass. You know he, you trust that he's going to do it. I think that there's a little bit of that maybe sometimes because he doesn't have this third option that Jameis kind of forces it a little bit to those two guys. You look at the rece- at the interceptions, a lot of them are to those guys. Right. You know, and so, um, you know, that's how if they can establish this, and we saw a little bit with Brady, he had 10 catches, a lot of it was over the middle stuff. A little short yardage stuff, you know, average nine nine. Yards of catch, but still, that at least moves you downfield. That keeps the chains moving. That keeps you know the offense on the field, which is really the big thing here: keeping the offense on the field, keeping the defense off the field, right? Yeah. And so, w- w- when you think about that, you know, there's if they can do that, it, it kind of takes pressure off everyone. Then you know those guys who are clotting towards the outside to take those other guys, they've got to come a little bit more towards the middle. So uh, you know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's where it kind of should be. You know, just establish that middle of the field when guys are trying to take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out of the game. Yeah, and they still, uh, no matter what, whose fault it is, and I know Bruce Arians said after the game the other day that, you know, yeah, 18 interceptions on Jameis, which is ties a career high, but really only 10 of them were on him. I think it's more like 12 or 13, but no one keeps those stats anywhere right. else. Um, he's got to be the guy that, that these last six games – and I'm still not convinced. I, I go back and forth. After the Seattle game, I'd have told you, he's back. Who are right. they going to find who's better? 25 mil, that's the going rate. Then you see a four-turnover game, and, okay, maybe they're not all on him. But I'm telling you, these last six games, anytime you ask Byron Leftwich, you ask Bruce Arians, that we love what he's doing, um, you know, if he plays like he's been playing, that sort of thing. But I'm telling you, I don't think the decision's been made yet on Jameis Winston. So what we, what we hear a lot from the coaches is that we don't necessarily see some of the strides that Jameis has made. Right. And, and, and that might be true, and I totally expect it. It is true. You know, mm-hmm. In your fifth year, you're a more mature player. Mm-hmm. You, you should know you know, offense. You should know the plays better. You should know how to make plays better. How to read it out. How to read it out. Yeah. All that should be better. And I have no doubt that it probably is when it comes to Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Ultimately – it comes down to results, right? I mean, like, yeah. ultimately, you know, and, and we're starting to hear the whole narrative of, like, well, it's the first year. You know, it's like, no one thought that this was going to be a, a rebuild year. No one thought right. that this was going to be this what we know, were told. Five and, 5 and 11, you right. know what I mean, or right. whatever it's going to be. You know, everyone in this building expected this to be a comp- a year that the Bucks were going to compete. And now here you are sitting and kind of being like, oh, well, you know, this is the first year of the offense. This is his first year in a different offense, you know, but – some of that just doesn't fly, man, because, like, you know, this there's not enough time. You know no, I mean? you're out there's of games. Not, there's not enough time. Yeah. One, there's not enough games to, to, to do that, and there's not enough time to make a decision on Jameis. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is a huge, huge franchise-altering decision that they have to make. But think about it. Five years, they're down to a month and a half. That's yeah. it. Month and a half after, five, after nearly five years. And the thing, too, is we heard last week where, where Arians said, I don't give a hoot about – what happened before I got here. Right. But you know what? You kind of do. Of course he does. You kind of do yeah. because all of that does, like, maybe not everything because you didn't coach him, mm-hmm. but you definitely have to take that into consideration when you make a decision like that. Yeah, so, he's not a college quarterback. Yeah, and, he's and, not a rookie. Right, he's not. So yeah. but when you look at that stuff, you know, six games, it's, it's yes, it's this whole season has been, I think you've used the term of referendum on Jameis Winston. It is. You know, and, and, and that's absolutely true. And the fact that, we are sitting here with six weeks left in the season. We don't know. And we really don't know, even though the, the coaching staff is kind of pointing us in a certain direction, we still don't know. I mean, no. it's, it's a bizarre thing. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot better. It's a lot worse than the alternative, yeah. which is knowing one way or the other. You know sure. what I mean? At this point, clarity is better than uncertainty. At all points, clarity is better than uncertainty. Absolutely. But, and that's kind of what they're facing right now is, you know, there's a lot of questions, and, and, and I always go back to how much resources they've invested in this offense. They've invested way too many resources into this offense, whether it's within the players that they have, the players they brought in, the players they've signed to extensions, the players that they're going to want to re-sign. They've invested way too much into this offense for this to be such a problem, for the turnovers to be such an issue. Because this is an offense that I think is a competitive winning 
team offense. You know what I mean? It is. And especially when you put this much resources into it, but it's just not getting the job done. And obviously the big part is, is, is the turnovers. On the defensive side, um, you know, look, they've got to, committed to going young in the secondary, um, but there have been some things that don't make sense. You've talked to Devin White a lot about this becoming his defense uh, and how when that happens, the sooner it happens, that means he'll be making splash plays. We've seen windows of that, and he had, what, 12, 13 tackles the other day, which is a lot. Not all of them behind the line of scrimmage, but still a lot. Very active player. Um, I still think that until he really shows not just flashes but a consistency that you need from the Mike linebacker and those young guys behind him grow up, this defense is going to continue to struggle because they're not getting to the quarterback with any consistency. Now, I know Drew Brees throws the ball fast, but if you look at the number of sacks they have, you got one guy that has 11 and a half, right, in Shaq Barrett. The next guy has three in Carl Nassib. And he hasn't played the past couple of days. Right, couple and, of and, and so he's been out. JPP, I think you're starting to see the fatigue on him because he said when we talked to him today, hey, I didn't have a training camp. This is my fourth preseason game. I've played four games. That's like a preseason. But he still played the past couple of weeks about 95 ton of snaps, snaps too, right. because of injuries. But there's still something about this defense. And the other thing I don't get is after the game that they won against the Cardinals when Jamel Dean comes off the bench and makes the interception, and then they wave Vernon Hargraves, we didn't see Jamel Dean. Right. And you had a head coach stand up here this week and say, yeah, he's got to be on the field. Right. So, you know, going back to Devin White for a second yeah. is, is, you know, what we've seen from him so far is, you know, a volume tackler. Mm-hmm. You know, he's around mm-hmm. the ball a lot. It's good, he's, good he, phrase. He's a guy who um, we obviously can see a lot of hustle out of him with a speed. He's around a lot of plays. Playing now, faster. Whether, now, whether, whether they're at the line of scrimmage or whether they're five yards downfield, yeah. he's around the ball a lot, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. You know, we've also seen his ability to force fumbles. He's, he's a guy who isn't just going like, to – when he talks about tackling, he knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. You grab one guy, you grab a guy with one arm, and then with the right hand, you come in, you swipe. He mm-hmm. knows all this stuff. That's probably stuff that he's known for the day he's, he stepped here, and it's just a matter of getting adjusted to the speed of the NFL. Right, right. right. Now, with rookies, especially rookies that, that, that you expect a lot of, like Devin White, and this is kind of an, an, a comparison that, that I made or I'm making tomorrow in, in, mm-hmm. in the newspaper, is like, you know, you look at players, you never know when they're kind of kind of the light bulb is kind of going to flash with a rookie. Sure, and injuries you know, can be part of injuries that. Injuries can be a part of it. And Devin obviously had an injury that kept him out for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as much as we talked about, you know, Ray Lewis, Patrick Willis, all yeah. these things that we've kind of labeled on, on Devin White, you know, probably a better comp right now is one of Deion Jones, mm. who will play against and was another LSU linebacker uh, a, a few years earlier. He never played with, with Deion, but, you know, it's really interesting. LSU linebackers, they have this kind of fraternity, whether it's him, Quan, uh, you know, Kevin Minter, a couple lockers down. Yeah. These guys are really tight, you know. Um, and, you know, we talked to Pat Quinn earlier in the week, and, and I asked him about, you know, when, when did you get this aha moment from, you know, that Deion Jones as a rookie, as a guy who was calling plays, that, that you, you got that, you know, he was going to be okay? You know, he mentioned a thing about, you know, basically one practice in the middle of season, November, you know, late November, where, you know, he basically yelled and barked at, at the linebacker <laughs> coach and said, I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't need you in my ear. I yeah, got it. Yeah. You know, and we're still kind of waiting for that moment from, De- from Devin White. Todd Bowles talked about how, you know, he, he's getting adjusted to the speed. He does like the lead- to, to the, he's getting adjusted to the speed of the game. He does like the leadership qualities. I, I don't think they've seen that yet from Devin, that, that Deion Jones moment. Right. But, but I think it's on the way. And, but this is the time of the year, and this is why it's interesting for the story. Interesting that they're playing Atlanta, but, like, 
you know, this is a time of the year when you should start to see those kind of things, you know. Like, as we've, as we've heard from, from veteran guys all year long. Or, they're, they're not rookies they're anymore. They're not rookies anymore. Mm-hmm. And then going into, you know, that kind of segues us into, into the Jameel Dean story, which is, yeah. you know, the, the coaches said, you know, we're going to play a little bit more zone. We're going we're gonna to put Mike Edwards in at the slot. We're going to put Sean Murphy Bunting out from the slot outside. We think that gives us a better opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't. So afterwards, you know, Bruce Arians says, I need to figure out a way to get Jameel Dean on the field. I talked to Mike Edwards today, and he was saying, I really hadn't had that many snaps out there. At, at, no, it's at, like they came up for that game plan. Right. Like, they, this is what we're doing this right. week. I hadn't had many snaps in the slot. And I said, so what are you thinking to yourself when you see the tight, uh, end? The tight end just just streak by you 30 yards down the field? And he's like, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so, so, you know, so, you know, Oops. He, he, gets, he gets a little coarse trial by fire here. And maybe some of it's by design. You know, maybe it's just like, okay, we're going to see if you can. Well, I don't think they wanted I, that I to happen. I don't think they wanted that yeah. to happen. But we want to see if you can handle these situations. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, and, and they so, thought he could. Right. And, 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 and primarily you, you want him, or at least in this situation, they wanted him a little closer in line. They thought he could handle the the, the, the And he, the, the he coverage. did make some plays. And, and he did have a sack. He's a really good blitzer, something he did in Kentucky really well in yeah, college. Yeah, a couple um, tackles for loss. A couple tackles for loss. So it wasn't all lost on it. You know, yeah. we think about that one play because it stands out so much and it happened so early and it was a part of the 20 nothing run that it the Saints was. went out yeah, to. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is it is interesting that, that that's where they went. But, you know, I – I still am kind of confused about why we never saw Jamil Dean at all. You know, he was he played, I think, three or four special team snaps, and that was it. And for a guy who made the biggest play of the game, I'm more concerned about the message there. You know, it's like you, you've got a guy who, you know, we, we'd written about how. Got in you know, early. He got in early, did everything right. Yeah, you know? yeah. We just released a guy who we're releasing because he did some things wrong. Yeah. And then like, you have a guy that does everything right, and he's not a part of any part of your game plan. And that goes against the whole thing that, the coaching staff said from day one, which is we're going to put players in the position to succeed. So Jamil Dean succeeded two weeks ago, and then we, we have to send out a, a buddy cops like us have to send out an APB form because <laughs> That's right. he's nowhere to be found. Where's Jamil Dean? I think this game comes down to two players, um, and Matt Ryan is terrific, right? So we'll, we'll just give him the fact that he's going to have a decent game. Um, it's Jameis Winston, no surprise, who, by the way, has played extremely well in Atlanta. He if loves playing there. And he loves playing there because he's going to have 80 family and friends. It's a close, 160 miles west is his hometown of Hueytown or uh, whatever you want to call it there Bessemer, in Alabama. Right. Yeah, Bessemer. Um, and so he's got like 12 touchdowns and two interceptions somewhere. That ratio is, is only topped maybe by Aaron Rodgers when it comes to playing the Falcons. Um, the other player on the other side to me is Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a phenomenal player, maybe a Hall of Fame player before his career is over. He has absolutely had enormous games. He had him with Dirk Cutter as the offensive coordinator, 250 yards against Lovey Smith's team. Then Dirk came here, and he had him against Mike Smith, 250 yards against his team. I don't know, you know, and it's not just Julio, but the fact that you have Calvin Ridley and some tight ends that are very good. This is a very good uh Falcons offense, they're third in the NFL in passing. Dirk Cutter's doing what he does. He's making big plays in the passing game. Do you think they play man? Do you think they play zone? What do you do against these guys? Right. Because you don't want to make it easy for, for Ryan. He'll pick you apart in the zone. Right. But then you also you don't want to give that, don't want that, to give that monster yeah. too much too much room over there. Yeah, it's gonna to be tough because yeah, that, that's a big question to ask. And and you know, it, it's kind of you know, the same questions that, that we asked when Dirk ran this offense. Yeah. You know, it's like I'd 
how do you, how do you deal with all the weapons? And, right. Um, you know, it, it, that that's going to be tough, especially for this this young defense and this young secondary. And you know, not to, not to sound like a being a dead horse, but you know, that secondary needs help because it needs a pass rush. You know what I mean? It like, does. It so, does. And they're not getting it. And, and I'm glad not, you mentioned that. They're not getting it, and, and they're not getting. You know, they're not hitting quarterbacks either. That you know too. What I mean? like, that too. Knocking like, guys there, down. There's there's one thing to get a sack here and there, and a, you know, log six sacks in a game, something like that. But they're not even getting the guys. So, you know, and, and, you know, maybe Drew Brees is a little different. Maybe because he you gets know, it out so fast. Uh, you know, yeah. the the Cardinals quarterback Murray, he's 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 a little bit different. You know, but you know. Matt Ryan, you should be able to get to You him. know where he is. You know where he's going to be. He's not moving. He's not moving from those between those hashes. So you gotta you gotta put an X on his jersey mm. and get to him. That's the key, I think, is is getting to him. And then you know, then that that leads that gives the the, the secondary a little bit more confidence. They know that don't you know, have they, to cover they, as long. They know that they can they can that gives them the confidence that they can make a play. Right. Because they don't need to. They're not going to be down there ten seconds trying to chase a guy down, you know. Right, right. So I think that's really going to be the key. Is like this, and, and I, we've been saying it for weeks, but this front seven has to get pressure. And that just doesn't come in from the from the edges. It's coming from Vitavea. It's coming from Sue. Vitavea has played incredible defense. Like if you don't really look at him on a, on a snap by snap basis, you don't see it. Not a stat but, guy per se. But, but he's got to start getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's like that. That's how much. He can impact how much more he can impact the game. He's chasing him. He's getting to him. He's getting a hand on him. He's got to get bring him down. You know, obviously Shaq Barrett's got to find a way. Jason Pierre-Paul's got to find a way. Maybe they get Carl Nassa back. That'll help because you can yeah, use a rotation, rotation with these guys. Um, you know, and, and and the middles. You know, the middle linebackers White and, and, and Levante David. There's a bunch of plays that were extended when you look at them. That you know, Levante or Devin, they see an opening, right? But they just get there too slow. You know, it all just kind of kind of happens a little bit too slow. Then boom, Drew Brees over the middle. You know, and so uh, you know, it's 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 a part of, of 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 the game. Obviously, everyone knows. You know, pass rush helps secondary. Blah blah blah. But sure. You know, I, I think in this game it's really important because you do know where Matt Ryan's going to be as as opposed to maybe some of the guys that they've been playing the past few weeks. Well, I don't know that they're going to do what JPP's team did when they won the Super Bowl and win six in a row, but you got to start by winning one. There's still enough football season to show progress, and I think that's what Bruce Arians is absolutely striving for is can we turn a corner, can we start winning some of these games. There's still some games on the schedule, Atlanta twice, a trip to Jacksonville after this one. Um, you got a trip to Detroit, which is, does not have their starting quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and then two really good teams coming in here in the Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. But they play the Falcons twice in the next six weeks, including on the final game of the season. And right now Atlanta's playing as well as anybody. So we'll check in on you guys uh, again after the game on Sunday. For my buddy cop Eduardo Encina, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you on Monday. 